Welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of the Home Healthcare Today Show. Today, our guests are from the Michigan Parkinson Foundation. We will be joined by the current CEO, Ms. Mary Sue Lanigan, and also uh, joined by Dr. Uh, Edwin George. Uh, we're going to dive into what Parkinson's disease is, right? Um, take on some of those questions that viewers and listeners often pose as related to the illness. But first and foremost, let me give you a little background on our first speaker, which is Dr. Edwin George. Dr. George joined Wayne State University School of Medicine in 1996. He is the director of the Wayne State University Movement Disorder Center and the director of Movement Disorders Clinic at the John D. Dingle VA Medical Center. He was chairman of the Professional Advisory Board of the Michigan Parkinson Foundation, and he serves on the Movement Disorder Strategic Planning Committee of the American Academy of Neurology. He was also former board chair of uh, Michigan Parkinson Foundation. Uh, his current research focuses on MRI imaging techniques to visualize the progression of Parkinson's disease in the brain, which is useful for assessing new therapies. We are also uh, looking at functional MRI changes related to hallucinations and memory problems in Parkinson's disease. Dr. George is an associate professor of neurology and a fellow of the American Academy of Neurology. Dr. George, welcome to our show. Thank you. Dr. George, do you mind elaborating a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, on your background uh, as well as your, your passion for Parkinson's disease and research. Okay, well, in your introduction, you keep mentioning movement disorders, movement disorders, and movement disorders are one segment of neurology and actually encompass a number of different diseases. Um, some people have heard of Tourette's, some yes. people with tics and involuntary movements. Some people have heard of dystonia, where people have sustained contractions of parts of their bodies. But one of the most important areas in movement disorders is Parkinson's disease and Parkinson's-related diseases. And in fact, the majority of the patients we see have some form of Parkinsonism, and the vast majority of people with some form of Parkinsonism actually have Parkinson's disease. Mm -hmm. So Parkinson's disease is a, a really important uh, area in my clinical work. It's also one of the more common neurodegenerative diseases out there. After Alzheimer's, I think it's second. So, um, <clears throat> And uh, it's a great area to be in these days. See, yes. When I first started working with Parkinson's, there were only a few medications, and some of them going back to the 1960s. And the number of medications and treatments 
and things we can do for people with Parkinson's has really blossomed over the last several decades. And we can keep people much more functional with Parkinson's than we ever could before. Mm -hmm. And we always believe we're closing in on uh, some form of cure for the disease. Yes. So uh, it's, it's been a really exciting time to work with people with Parkinson's. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir, Dr. Yeah. George. And when we uh, when many people are uh, first familiarized uh, with Parkinson's disease, it's uh, perhaps by way of a diagnosis or mm -hmm. a family member or a loved one mm -hmm. is diagnosed. And then there are those really uh, popular cases of so uh, Michael J. Fox, for mm -hmm. example, and then the late Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned, Dr. George, that there has been developments over the last uh, few decades and mm -hmm. um, hopefully moving closer to to a cure. Uh, do you mind you know, sharing with the audience some of the common treatments as well as therapies or interventions for Parkinson's disease? Okay, so the, um, the first thing, the movement part of Parkinson's disease happens because you lose nerve cells in the brain that release a brain chemical called dopamine, which is very important in regulating the other parts of the nervous system that generate your movements. And in fact, uh, as research has progressed, it's more and more clear that your brain actually formulates a program uh, to drive the movement before you make a movement. And the uh, uh, dopamine is really a key factor in that regulation of how you generate the program for how you're gonna move before you move. Yeah. So a lot of the treatments have been medications that help the brain make more dopamine even though it's losing these nerve cells, uh, medications that help the dopamine that you've got to work and to keep the levels up in the system. So those are the, the basic treatments from a medication point of view, but there are also medications for other sorts of symptoms because Parkinson's disease affects far more than just your movements. Um, but uh, <clears throat> so there's a, a wide variety of medications to work on that. But also very important are things like physical therapy and activity. Mm -hmm. And in recent years, there's been more and more research showing that exercise and uh, physical activity are very important in keeping people functioning with Parkinson's disease and, and doing well yes. in their life. Um, <clears throat> in uh, addition to, uh, to that, balance is a big issue as Parkinson's disease progresses yes. and falls are one of our big problems that we have to worry about. And so there's a lot of physical therapy and treatment around trying to maintain balance. Yes, and then having mentioned these therapies and mentioned uh, the, the mainstay of the medications, mm -hmm. uh, we also have to talk about that there is surgery, yes. um, which uh, primarily what we do is called deep brain stimulation surgery. Okay. And that involves actually uh, implanting some electrodes in parts of the brain that are very affected by the altered neurochemistry and so the circuits don't work the way you want them to. 
And a pacemaker, just like a pacemaker for your heart, yes. is implanted and attached to these wires. And by stimulating certain areas of the brain, we can make the circuitry of the brain mm. function much more the way it normally would yes. uh, if it had enough dopamine to get by. And some of the latest things with that, the devices now monitor the brain waves in the area where they're implanted and look for certain frequency patterns and can adapt to the stimulation to respond to what you need at the time uh, uh, when it's uh, actually being active as opposed to before, we would try and get it programmed and it would just run right. the same way all the time. So. Wonderful, Dad. Those are some some major major advances uh, yeah. in the in the sciences as related uh, mm -hmm. to treatment. Um, I did uh, hone in on some of those major points you made uh, about physical therapy and and exercise and mm -hmm. movement, and then the more elaborate or more exhaustive being being the surgeries that mm -hmm. you discussed. So, Doctor, is there such thing as I guess prevention? or uh, self-maintenance, uh, granted that um, only a small amount or a small percentage of people uh, of the one million or so people in the United States who have been diagnosed with Parkinson's, uh, less than 4% are diagnosed prior to the age of 50. Uh, so from your uh, experience as well as research and mm -hmm. knowledge, are there preventions? Well, unfortunately, we can't really prevent Parkinson's any more than uh, we can cure it at this point. Yes. We've come to understand more and more about how it gets started as an abnormal processing of proteins in the brain, yes. and it turns out there are quite a few different ways that that process can get triggered. Okay. And it probably does get influenced by some chemical exposures, but most of them are you know, there are chemicals known that can directly uh, damage the dopamine-producing neurons, but they're not things that most of us run into in day-to-day -day life. There are some things that uh, some people chronically exposed to some of the herbicides and things used in uh, farming seem to have a higher risk, uh, though it is an interesting combination. You have to have a genetic uh, susceptibility and then be exposed to, to those uh, types of things. Okay. Um, but most of the time the triggers are not things that we can put our fingers on at all. And like I say, there seem to be quite a few different ways the processes can get started. Mm -hmm. um, nonetheless, a, a healthy lifestyle yes. and uh, you know good, good nutrition, good exercise and so forth. If they can't prevent you from getting it, they can help to make sure that you have the um, best uh, possible uh, life during the, the time you're affected by it. So. Yes, sir. And you mentioned genetic susceptibility, mm -hmm. and we know genetic susceptibility is non-modifiable, but to mm -hmm. your point about um, exercise and, and activity, those are those are things. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Doc, with that being said, as a home health care agency, we do um, help um, plenty of uh, patients in the metro Detroit area who have been diagnosed um, with Parkinson's, and some are in more of the advanced stages of Parkinson's disease. Uh, 
what are some things that I guess families or caregivers could do in a in a home setting to assist a loved one who has Parkinson's disease? Well, there are a variety of things that become important. I mentioned how big a problem balance becomes as uh, Parkinson's progresses, and just uh, one of the things we're always advising people, you know, you want to uh, have an uncluttered place. You don't want to have throw rugs and things you can trip right. on. Mm -hmm. Be careful about wires running across the room, things like that. So you can make sure your home environment is a safe place mm -hmm. for, for someone who has balance issues. And then, of course, we go to things like the bathroom is like the most dangerous place in the house and putting in grab bars and things like that so that people don't lose their balance and fall. Yes. And then sometimes people, you know, get to the point they need assistance uh, in terms of dressing and doing their activities of daily living. Yes. And, uh, of course, family and caregivers are very important with that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, also um, patients themselves. I start uh, trying to coax patients early on. You know, you spent your life... You grab your pants, you step in with one foot, you step in with the other foot. Yes. When your balance gets worse, you need to sit down and put on each foot and then stand up and pull up your pants or you're going to find yourself hopping across the room and falling on your face sooner or later. And you need to develop those habits of how to avoid getting into potentially dangerous fall situations yes. um, once, once you know you've got the disease before it's actually a problem. And families can help with that too. So. Sir, and those uh, activities of, of mm -hmm. daily life, you know, yeah. the, the dressing, the eating, mobility, mm -hmm. bathing, and toileting, right? Yeah. And family members being able to provide support mm -hmm. to loved ones as well as physical therapists, yeah. you know, that could come mm -hmm. in and, and help uh, with balance and help with strengthening, gait strengthening. Yeah. And you, you mentioned eating. One of the things, now this gets to very late Parkinson's. Yes. Many people do very well for a decade or more yes. with Parkinson's. But swallowing problems can be an issue, particularly in later Parkinson's. Also in some of the less common Parkinsonian diseases that aren't true Parkinson's, you get more swallowing problems. But family members should know how to do the Heimlich maneuver yes. because you don't want to have somebody who's choking and not know what to do about it. So. Absolutely, Doctor. Great point. Great point. So, uh, Doctor George, as we wrap up the, the clinical portion of our uh, interview here, what are some of the resources, uh, resources, clinics, as well as specialists that you would mm -hmm. recommend for viewers and listeners in Southeast Michigan uh, to consider? Well, of course, um, there, most of the major health systems have a uh, movement disorders clinic. Many people with Parkinson's won't be able to see movement disorders specialists, uh, at least regularly. Everybody who has Parkinson's, many people are diagnosed by a primary care physician, and that's great, but everybody should see a neurologist. Mm -hmm. Uh, at least once or twice first to make sure that you do have the right diagnosis. Not everything that causes a tremor is Parkinson's. Yes. Not everybody who has Parkinson's has a tremor, only about two-thirds do. Uh, so uh, you want to make sure you've got the right diagnosis and then later as the disease progresses because we have so many more medications and treatments yes. it's important to see a neurologist who, who really knows their way around the medications. 
Um, and of course, in <clears throat> Detroit, uh, down uh, Wayne State, neurology staffs the neurology clinics at the uh, Detroit Medical Center. Mm -hmm. And Henry Ford has a great uh, neurology program and some movement disorders specialists. And of course, uh, University of Michigan does. But there are a lot of other physicians out there in the community and so forth. And of course, I'm prejudiced, but the, <laughs> the great resource that we have that a lot of places don't is the Michigan Parkinson's Foundation, um, which works throughout the state, but yes. is centered here in the Detroit area. Yes. And uh, I think if you go on the website, you can find a list of doctors with expertise in Parkinson's. I know we used to field phone calls, and yes. we would give people uh, at least three different names in their area of physicians that they could see. Yes. And also, we have things like the Rehab Institute of Michigan. Uh, and again, yes. physical therapy and rehab, and the major health systems all have physical therapy, speech therapy, and so forth. And those are very important resources to, to take advantage of in Parkinson's disease. Awesome. Dr. George, we appreciate uh, all of your contributions, contributions you. to, to science, to oh. research. Yes, sir. I forgot to mention, because uh -huh. I myself spend a couple afternoons a week, as you know, over at the VA hospital. Oh, it's my hook. Oh, yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you yes. are a veteran, the, yes. the VA can provide all sorts of very good services. Uh, for, for people who are entitled to, to VA services. So you definitely don't want to overlook that if it's an option. So. Wonderful. Yes, Dr. George, that was definitely the hook I was oh, going Oh, sorry. To. No, you're fine. No, we can share the thunder and the lightning. It is, uh, it is very good that uh, you continue to contribute uh, your research as well as teaching uh, to Wayne State University. Um, your civic service and uh, commitment to the Michigan Parkinson Foundation and definitely to uh, the VA, uh, Dingle, the VA hospital uh, in Detroit to, to help our veterans who have made that ultimate sacrifice to protect our civil liberties. Uh, so we, uh, we commend you and honor and respect you for all of those contributions. Well, thank you yes, very yes, much. Indeed. Yes, indeed. So that's um, Dr. George. Um, Great, great job today. I'm sure our um, listeners and viewers have been informed, enlightened, uh, and of course, inspired to move in a positive direction as related to Parkinson, um, the Parkinson disease, as well as, you know, research and a better understanding. Thank you, sir. Thank you again. Spring is a beautiful time in Detroit and Southeast Michigan. American Advantage Home Care brings that energy, joy, and vitality of the season right into your home, coupled with skilled home health care services. Our world-class team of clinicians can help you to thrive, maintain, and rebound in the comfort of your own home. Finding a home health care agency more compassionate and caring than American Advantage Home Care is a long Once again, welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of the Home Healthcare Today Show. For those of you who are just tuning in, we are uh, visiting uh, along with our friends from the Michigan Parkinson Foundation today. They've decided to come on into the studio so we could have a great conversation because granted it's April and April is Parkinson's Awareness Month. 
in our earlier segment, we had a, a great conversation with Dr. Edwin George uh, of a clinical nature as related to Parkinson's disease. We're going to shift gears now and uh, have an interactive dialogue with the CEO of Michigan Parkinson Foundation. Once again, Michigan Parkinson Foundation is an organization that has direct patient services, provides direct patient services and education to people living with Parkinson's disease and their families. Michigan Parkinson Foundation is located in Bingham Farms, Michigan, but serves patients and clients all throughout the state of Michigan. The current CEO, Mary Sue Lanigan, has been with the, the foundation for four and a half years. Prior to that, Mary Sue was the development director for the Arthritis Foundation, Great Lakes region, for over 15 years. Additionally, she was a patient educator at the Cleveland Clinic and community education director at the Diabetes Association of Greater Cleveland. Mary Sue has 31 years of experience in program development for chronic disease management in both the nonprofit and the private sector. Mary Sue holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Community Health Education from Kent State University. Welcome to our show, Mary Sue. Well, welcome. Thank you for having me. Mary Sue, you have a very impressive background in both the private as well as the nonprofit sector. I'm glad we were able to win you over to Michigan from the Buckeye State of Ohio. So please share with our listeners as well as, well as our viewers a little bit more about why the Michigan Parkinson Foundation and your passion for the mission of the Michigan Parkinson Foundation? Well, I, as I, you mentioned, I started there about four and a half years ago. And what really attracted me to this position is we are independent. We are headquartered in Michigan. Our um, charity was founded in Michigan. We're not part of a national organization. So if our medical advisory board, we have a phenomenal um, medical advisory board comprised of neurologists and healthcare providers throughout the state, if they see a problem um, that people with Parkinson's are having, they can bring it to us, we address it, we say, yeah, let's fix this, let's help this person out. Mm -hmm. And um, we can make the decisions here locally, we see a problem, we come up with a solution and we can implement it ourselves. So we don't have to go through a lot of bureaucracy. We can make it happen. Wonderful. That was what really attracted me to this position. Yeah, so being able to be hands-on and mm -hmm. do some things to provide some positive impact for Michigan uh, residents. Wonderful. A little bit more about Michigan Parkinson Foundation. Uh, how about history? Uh, what you view as the vision, you know, that um, you and the board and your executive team have for the foundation, and what would be some good milestones um, as you reflect upon uh, your role? Well, the foundation has evolved quite a bit. It was founded 38 years ago here at, the, I believe, the Detroit Medical Center uh, by a doctor, a neurologist, uh, Dr. Robert Bauer. He found that once they would, uh, the doctors would give a patient the diagnosis of Parkinson's, it would be pretty devastating. They'd get the diagnosis, they'd get a prescription, they'd go home, and they'd be, now what? Yes. And there wasn't a lot of patient um, education material out there at the time. So the foundation was established 
to provide education and support to people with Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And um, they initially started delivering uh, patient education programs on how to better manage Parkinson's. As Dr. Um, George mentioned earlier, <clears throat> the most common symptom that is associated with Parkinson is a tremor, yes. along with stiffness, rigidity, uh, balance issues, and those are considered motor symptoms. But there's also a whole slew of symptoms called non-motor symptoms, and they kind of sneak up on people, and they don't realize, oh, that's Parkinson's. Yes. And uh, so an education program was developed to teach people how to live better with Parkinson. You don't die from Parkinson's. There's no cure. Yes. It's progressive. It gets worse slowly over time. So you're going to live with it for a long time. Yes. So the foundation was established to help people live better with Parkinson's. And uh, initially, as I said, they started out with education, and then they found the value in support groups. Wonderful. So they started establishing uh, Parkinson's support groups here in Detroit. And uh, a significant milestone would be um, we now have 76 Parkinson's support groups throughout the state wow. of Michigan, wow. and including five of them in the Upper Peninsula. Thank you, Mary Sue. And I was, that was where I was headed to with that positive impact that um, the Michigan Parkinson Foundation has on its stakeholders. So for those that um, may be a little reticent or reluctant to reach out to a support group, do you mind identifying some of those benefits of reaching out to others who have been challenged and struggled with the disease? And we, we hear that a lot. People yeah. are private. They yes. don't want to talk about it. It's yeah. like, I got this. I'm, right? Nobody needs to know. Don't be telling. We, we, yeah, we hear husbands tell their wives, don't tell her that. Right. Yes. <laughs> you go to a support group, and you know more men have Parkinson's than women. I think it's like 66% right. of the population um, are male versus women. Yes. And when you go to a support group, and you see, you know, there's probably about a 20-year age range of maybe yes. people are between 55 and 75 or 60 and 80. Mm -hmm. And you start talking about just various topics. People can relate to it. They're yes. like, oh, yeah, I have that problem. Uh -huh. And you can learn more from other people yes. who are dealing with the same problem that you are dealing with than reading about it on the Internet. Or maybe your doctor did tell you, but you're so shocked you don't hear it all or you don't take notes. Mm -hmm. And just practical solutions for activities of daily living. Yes. Um, just a sharing of knowledge. And then they develop friendships. Mm -hmm. And the support groups become a very, very important um, part of their life. It's also an important part for they, what we like to call their care partner, who's very often their spouse or maybe a family member. Mm -hmm. That care partner meets other spouses that are taking care of a loved one, yes. and they can share resources and information. And we try to help them by bringing in uh, speakers on various topics or, um, uh, so it's, it's, we call them our boots on the ground educators. They are the people in the community who um, are helping to educate other people with Parkinson's. They also know the community resources that are mm -hmm. available. Yes. So it's, it's just a valuable um, program. One thing about COVID, yes. our groups have not been able to meet in over, well over a year. Right. And um, as more people are getting vaccinated, we're hoping that most of them are going to start up meeting again this June yes. because of the age of our people with Parkinson's, most of them we're thinking have probably got 
vaccinated. But we've been meeting every Tuesday night on Zoom. Wonderful. We call it a virtual support group, and we mm-hmm. uh, run it for anybody in the state every Tuesday evening. Awesome, awesome. This is really good, really good support. And I take it that being able to access the Zoom meeting would be available via the it's Michigan. on our website. The yep, website? it's uh, Michigan. It's Parkinson'sMI.org, and uh, if you we on the front page of our website, there's a little circle that says support groups. If they click on that, they'll see um, uh, the Zoom link and how to access it. Wonderful. Okay, Mary Sue, great work that Michigan Parkinson Foundation has been doing uh, for close to 40 years, 38 years. You mentioned. Um, how can donors, right, partners, and those, you know, um, benefactors, you know, how can they make a meaningful or, or a substantive contribution to MPF? And if you could describe or articulate your biggest pitch or your biggest ask, what would it be and how can folks help you? Well, one, one program that I'm very, very proud of that I didn't, I have not discussed is our in-home respite care yes. uh, program. We get a lot of phone calls from family members saying, my dad has Parkinson's, my mom has to go have her knee surgery. Um, I live out of town and we don't have any, dad can't be home alone. We don't have anyone. Do you have somebody who can come and stay with my dad? Well, prior to 2018, no, we did not. We investigated this and we developed a program that we contract home health care agencies like yours uh, to, and we will pay for a home health care aide to go into the home, and we provide financial assistance to pay for up to 168 hours per family per year. And we're now contracting with 30 different agencies throughout the state of Michigan. Uh, in 2018, I think we budgeted $15,000 for this, and yes. this year we're budgeting $223,000 for oh, this. Wonderful. We took care of um, 123 families in 2020. So the need for this is growing. Um, yes. We had to hire a full-time social worker yes. to administer the program. So if somebody wanted to make a real difference in someone's life, yes. this is a fund that we are trying to grow. We have another equally important program. Uh-huh. Dr. George mentioned how important exercise is. Yes. Um, it's the one thing somebody with Parkinson's can do that will improve their quality of life. So to answer that need, we contract physical therapists who specialize in Parkinson's, and we are doing online exercise programs six days a week, Monday uh, through Saturday. The only day we don't do it is Sunday. It's 10 a.m. every day, mm. an hour-long program. The exercise programs emphasize dual task uh, yes. exercises, so maybe multitasking while you're exercising, so you're using your brain as well as your body, and that's helpful for people with Parkinson's, but it's yes. expensive. Absolutely. It's expensive. Yeah, sure. We are contracting a very talented, mm-hmm. highly qualified physical therapist. So that would be another area that um, somebody wanted to fund that that could make a real difference in someone's life. Wonderful, Mary Sue. Yes, and in terms of home health care, our agency, we take care of patients all throughout Metro Detroit. And um, Detroit, inner city, does certainly have a, a serious need, you know, for, for care as related to movement disorders. And uh, we'll gladly, gladly work along with Michigan Parkinson Foundation, Mary Sue. So, 
So that's the home health piece where home health care agencies can assist and help. Um, donors that want to contribute to those various funds and projects, um, highly skilled and highly qualified physical therapists. So the last one, in the event that you're not in the home health care space or you're not a highly qualified physical therapist or occupational therapist or even speech therapist, as we talked about earlier, how could just the general person volunteer or add some support uh, to your mission? Well, we have an annual fundraiser. Thank hey. you for asking. <laughs> it is our Metro Detroit Parkinson Walk, and we are having it. It's scheduled this year, June 26th. It will be at Seaholm High School in okay. Birmingham. Okay. We offer a one-mile route and a three-mile route. <laughs> but it's a wonderful opportunity for people with Parkinson's and their families to come together, see that other families are dealing with the same things. We have an exercise expo. So we have four different areas where we have different um, healthcare professionals who are trained in Parkinson exercise classes doing demonstrations so people can we can really sell the exercise component at Absolutely. this event Wonderful. and we hope uh, that we can have a full blown walk this year <laughs> in person oh, yes. <laughs> fingers crossed fingers That's crossed right. that we so. can um, go back to having um, a live in-person walk this year. Wonderful, Mary Sue, and trust the American Advantage will be there. We'll, well be good. there that day we to hope walk. So. Absolutely, to walk and to contribute. Mary Sue, you and your team are doing amazing work at the Michigan Parkinson Foundation, and we really thank you for joining us today on our show. Okay. Um, as we raise greater awareness to Parkinson's. Thank you so much, Mary Sue. Thank you. Thank you for having me.